The And The Kick Is Good podcast would like to congratulate Liz Truss as the new PM of the UK. In other somewhat related news, we're no longer the least qualified people in the world in our jobs. Welcome to And The Kick Is Good. Tucker, it would be the longest in NFL history if it's good. A 66-yard try. Tucker's kick is on the way. It is good! Crossbar, and it tumbles through. It is good! Time has expired. Justin Tucker Hello, with the and longest field goal in the NFL history. The Kick is Good podcast. My name is Tom. I'm your host, and I'm joined as usual by Colm and Brad. Say hello, guys. Hello, guys. Guys. As we record this, we are, what, about 60 hours past seeing each other for basically the one and only time all year. We all meet up, um, have a few drinks, and draft our fantasy teams. Um, So you can be well, or settle well in the knowledge that we don't have to go through our normal bullshit of what have you done last week. With that said, Brad, what have you done in the last week? Uh, I saw you guys, and jokes on you, Tom. I'm going to get married again this year, so <laughs> you two have to come to my wedding. The poor, poor woman or man or individual. Colm, what about you? Uh, not planning to get married this year, as of okay. recording. Uh, but I am attending Brad's wedding uh, this year, so that's fun. <laughs> um, I probably won't. So can I just wish you a happy St Andrew's Day now, Brad, and we can move on? Yes, you can. Lovely um, stuff. Thank you uh, very much. And uh, with that, I suppose we should mention what we're going to do in the podcast today. Um, so we will briefly go over some of the news that has dropped in the last seven days. There has been, as you can imagine, an absolute avalanche of it with cuts down to 53. Um, people made move to IR, some trades, etc. But we'll try and gloss over kind of the biggest points um, with like a large brush and give you just the absolute necessary bits and pieces and Colin wrote the news right up, so probably some unnecessary bits and pieces as well. Then we will go into um, what I put as uh, opening statements, please, which is we will give what we believe our takes on all of the 32 teams in the NFL to be as we sit here, but three days from week one, or by the time you're listing this, maybe two or even one day from the start of the season, um, along with some banded win totals for those teams. And I reckon if we can hit like 45% of these, we've probably done quite well, because the NFL is a weird and mysterious beast that cannot be tamed, no matter how much we try. Speaking of taming, Colm, have you found anything to replace your cactus with yet? Oh, um, not currently. I have still two plants going. Well, three plants going. I do have my coffee plant in the uh, kitchen. It's going strong. Read all about it. Latest football card. Morning paper. Morning star. Paper mister. So we'll start with the news. Um, And as mentioned earlier, the rosters are down to 53. Um, The first kind of surprise question mark is that Jimmy Garoppolo has stayed with the San Francisco 49ers. He has uh, rejigged his contract somewhat so that it looks like a healthy backup quarterback deal. Um, originally, it was stated it was the highest paid backup deal. However, Sam Darnold is likely to be the backup for most of the season in Carolina, so that would actually stand out 
as the largest backup deal there. Um, this is, is PJ Walker Erasure, and I will not stand for it. <laughs> Um, Colin, it's your team we're discussing here. We have talked a lot about Jimmy Garoppolo and the options that the Niners had with him, and ultimately they kind of took the one that meant not moving from square one that much. Yes. I, I think I banded this idea around relatively early into the off-season, compared to everyone else, that if he couldn't find a, a decent starting job, why would he not choose to be the backup with a team he already knows? That's the route they've gone down. I will take all your credit for uh, being able to predict that. A lot of speculation as to how much how much this shortens Trey Lance's leash, and you know if the team starts poorly, and do they move on to uh, Garoppolo? I find that unrealistic because I think if the team's doing poorly, then they're not a playoff contender, and therefore why would you take away Lance's reps? For, for, you know, to go eight and eight, basically, or eight and nine, or whatever. Um, so I, I don't see it changing a huge amount, other than the fact that it will just mean an intense amount of speculation as to what's going to happen with Jimmy Garoppolo, and will he ever replace him? I'm sorry, Colin, but I think in about seven and a half weeks' time, I'm going to be typing up an absolute evisceration of Carl Shanahan. <laughs> And the 49ers the same way I did the Dolphins. I feel like this has full on oh well we need to win now so let's start Fitzpatrick but actually oh let's go back to Tua the back and forth, the back and forth the ridiculousness of that situation I think is going to get out of hand and I don't think this does anything anything to quell that fear. I feel like if anything it just hammers home that you don't love the you don't love Trey Lance or don't trust him enough to to keep your job which is a a, a position to be in for sure <laughs> I I think also the Jimmy news very much overshadows what is the the key story for the 49ers which is Brock Purdy beat out Nate Sudfeld to make this roster and it is soon the start of the the uh, Brock Purdy era uh, in San Francisco yeah, I mean, you, you say that like like it's some sort of accomplishment. I'm pretty sure you or I, with about six months professional coaching, could beat out Nate Sudfeld at this point. Um, if we really want to go into the Garoppolo details for a second, he basically took about 50% pay cut. Um, his yearly cash is now 12.6 mil. Uh, there are some incentives in there, but they are fairly far-fetched. Um, like 500 grand with 50, 50% snaps um, in the NFC Championship game, like <laughs> okay, <laughs> cool. <laughs> but that's really necessary. And um, he also has a no tag clause for 2023, and it just says here on Spot Track a no trade clause. I don't know if that's a full one or, or kind of what the system there is, but yes, it, it's a strange one from the side of the 49ers at this point didn't really have a choice because. If there were offers for him, they were obviously so kind of little in return packages that there was just no reason for them to do it. And walk down the line of they cut Jimmy Garoppolo and Trey Lance breaks a finger three weeks in and loses a month. Like then you're Brock Purdy, and and then it becomes well, you really didn't just want to sign Jimmy Garoppolo for half the money. So from that aspect, I get it, but. 
as you said, we've mentioned it quite a lot on this podcast. The the situation around the team is just going to be very odd for a long time. And as soon as Trey Lance throws that game killer pick, because it will happen, because it happens to all quarterbacks, those questions are going to be flying through everywhere. There was a report that apparently Lance wasn't too pleased with how the signing of Garoppolo went down or what. Like, I don't know. It, this in in six months' time, this could be absolutely nothing, or it could be this is where the start of the end happened for Shanahan and Lynch. And I don't think either of those two are too hyperbolic, to be honest. Yeah, the one thing I will say about the Shanahan era, which is, I've liked a lot of the moves they've made, uh, and I also don't hate the fact that they've moved on from Jimmy, but also now retain Jimmy in the way they have. The thing that I really hate is how it impacts all the media speculation around it. That does my nut in. (laughs) If I could just watch this team and not have to deal with any of the Twitter stuff, I'd be a very happy man. Well, uh, to to quote yourself, Colin, you could just not read it. Oh, I wish I could. Uh, I wish I could. You're you're heavy laden to set that one on me whenever I complain about anything on Twitter, Colin, so suck it up. Bitch. I I love the fact that the the Forty ers fan is complaining to the New York Giants and Pittsburgh <laughs> me- media fans about media coverage of his team. The world's smallest violin is playing for you, Colin. You don't have to listen to some fucking guy called Vinny on the radio who's telling you why Daniel Jones is still a Hall of Famer. You know, and <laughs> we- other weird, bizarre takes. At least you control your fellow fans we have to you know take everything they say at face value speaking of the giants um there was a a scream you may have heard uh, halfway through the week and that's the one that brad let out when uh, it, it has resulted that blake martinez has been cut there um there really are no words um rest in peace blake martinez because i can only assume he's dead to you uh just about <laughs> Turns out it was a mutual decision. Uh, the day before, he had not been uh, nominated as captain, um, had taken a pay cut to stay, but then hasn't really recovered, I guess, from his ACL the way they want. And yeah, we're starting Tay Crowder, which is not great, not terrible can i but... interest you in a slightly used devin bush he has one good knee <laughs> well uh how about we fuse him together with blake martinez and we can <laughs> we can we can alternate we'll weekends with a linebacker we yeah. both love yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll flip a coin one one team gets the one with no knees and the other one gets the one with, with <laughs> good knees. and you'll never know which one is which oh boy yeah so r.i.p blake martinez um, speaking of players that are now dead to us, uh, Tom, Jesse James signed for the Browns this week. Uh, yeah, as a third tight end, that's that's a pretty good signing. Like signing Jesse James, Jesse James was a starting tight end for a few years there. So so signing him as like a special teamer slash depth piece is decent. Um, but as you say, going to the Browns at this point, I am afraid uh, that he no longer exists. It is true, Jesse James did not catch the ball. Um, and uh, the Patriots are no longer massive cheats, at least in that one incident. So, yeah, there you go. That's that's all the analysis you needed and all the analysis that there ever will be on Jesse James because, as I've said, he doesn't exist anymore. 
<laughs> rational takes everywhere. <laughs> um, Alex Leatherwood, probably one of the most notable cuts from the 53 rosters, has ended up on the Bears, I believe. So, yeah. um, rest in peace, Justin Fields. Uh, it has been not great knowing you uh, <laughs> in the NFL. It feels like you, you were not given a fair shake, and uh, you know, it's not getting any better for you. Uh, on, on, the, on the subject of the Raiders, um, there's kind of rightly so been quite a large inquest into what the fuck they've done with early draft picks um, in the last sort of three to four years. Um, Jonathan Abrams uh, is one, <laughs> Josh Jacobs is another, Alex Leatherwood, Cleland Farrell, like a lot of guys that are basically literally no longer on their roster and some of which are no longer in the league. Um, and a lot of people point towards Mayock and a lot of people point towards Gruden and Rich Eisen sent out a tweet sort of in the whirlwind that that, that was produced by this Alex Leatherwood cut and it was like um, well I, I've heard it from pretty good sources that one person was in charge of the early picks and the other in charge of the late picks and it's like yeah, I mean, we're all pretty sure that Mike Mayo looks like your best mate, Rich. So just just calm down <laughs> on the propaganda. Like, I'm not sure it's really necessary at this point. Mayo's not going to get another front office job. He doesn't need this anymore. Like, just pipe down. Yep, understandable. <laughs> uh, and uh, there it is, uh, listeners. Tom has made a bet with himself that every week uh, this season he will somehow crowbar in a Jonathan Abrams reference. Uh, I'm surprised it's taken you 103 episodes to realise that. It's, it's 103 going <laughs> strong, Brad. Right, let's throw something else your way to distract you from Jonathan Abrams. Tom, Russell Wilson got oh, a shit. lot of money, but not as much guaranteed money as other more controversial quarterbacks. How does this affect cap space for the Broncos? Is this a good deal for Wilson? And... The biggest narrative I've seen of Russell Wilson getting this deal. How does this impact Lamar Jackson? <laughs> um, yes, dot, dot, dot. Um, Russell Wilson has got paid and paid handsomely. Um, his guaranteed signing is $124 million. His yearly cash this year is $57 million. And the contract terms of the extension are five years, 242 mil. So some napkin maths says that the average salary is just under $50 million. Um, he is about to turn 34. And every time I see that Russell Wilson is like approaching his mid-30s, I wonder where my life has gone. Because it feels like he's been in the league for about five years. Um, in terms of kind of comparing it to Lamar Jackson... He has gone, Russell Wilson that is, um, has gone down the traditional quarterback contract route. And that is, you lock in guaranteed money for about two to three years, you get a decent yearly cash total that first year, and then those subsequent years are basically kind of middling money. Um, I mean, great money to you and I, but in terms of a quarterback contract, it's not that great. Um, it's $28 million next year, $39 million the year after and that is literally less than what Lamar Jackson would play on next year if he got franchise tagged um, it's basically less than what Kirk Cousins playing on this year I think who's playing on sort of a glorified franchise tag because again he held all the control because of what he made the Vikings do to him um, 
it's fine. One of the one of the things I saw in the fallout to this was that the, the a lot of Seahawks fans were like, "Oh, see, this is why we traded him. You could have given him this contract. This contract isn't bad. His cap hit this year is seventeen mil. His cap hit next year is twenty two mil, and then it jumps a little to thirty five point four and fifty five point four in years twenty four and twenty five. Like that's that's bad, but it's not unmanageable." I guess if you wanted to really bulk the figure when he's first able to be cut for any sort of profit on the cap um, is 2026 when his cap it would be 58 mil and he would have a dead cap of 31.2 mil so you would still clear 17 mil just by cutting it even pre-June 1st no trade, no post-June 1st, nothing like that so (laughs) don't lean on this is not the contract to lean on that the that the cap matters. That's not what this is. Um, this is a perfectly fine quarterback contract um, that kind of spits in the face of, of fully guaranteed deals because this is how QB contracts work. You go in, you get your two to three years of, of guaranteed cash and guaranteed money, and then the team needs to restructure you because as in this situation, it jumps up to 55 mil. They restructure you, you get a bit of extra cash in that year and then the it locks you into sort of being on that team for another one to two years at that point. Um, it is the complete inverse of what Aaron Rodgers did who had so much dead cap already tied up. He is sort of on a one-year deal and then he has total control of just how fucked the Packers are, which is immense. And I I sort of want this season to be over just so I can start digging into what the fuck's going to happen with that. Um, But I'm sure nobody really wants to hear that that much. So tune in for my singular podcast when I splinter off from And The Kick Is Good um, called And The Cap Is Good for um, sort of this time next year. Shall we move on to another deal that did have salary cap implications? Yep, you took my own segue away from me. <laughs> um, in which case, do you want to start? Uh, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson was traded from the New Orleans Saints to the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, this is after contract talks and extension talks with Gardner-Johnson broke down uh, and the Saints decided, well, it's better to get something now than to have to deal with this later and get potentially get nothing so they got their they got their uh got some picks back and continue to just death by a thousand cuts their way uh, against the cap right yeah so this is this is a preemptive move um to to not have to pay a guy and <laughs> that's that's literally all it is they, they forecast their their salary cap for the next two to three years and gone we cannot pay another safety what is likely going to be upwards of 12 mil a year um for for sort of three to four years ish guaranteed the eagles have shown a complete willingness to literally trade and extend guys so they found their target with this one but the price is just brutal um so gardner johnson went to the eagles um alongside uh, a 2025 seventh round pick and back the saints got a 2023 fifth round pick so that's next year and a sixth round pick the year after that is basically nothing um the the origin of of one of the picks that the eagles traded is like they traded for a safety from the seahawks and then traded him uh that was for jj Sega Whiteside, i want to say or was it for the no it might have been for the wide receiver they took in the first round Jalen Rigo yeah. 
Um, and then they traded that safety along with a pick to the Titans for one of the picks that they sent to the Saints. And I, I'm pretty sure we might be living in a simulation at this point because that seems like a Madden franchise mode sort of level of, of kind of ticking the boxes and, and trading up from a paperclip to a house. He's a great player. I wonder if this is like a franchise tag candidate next year because they're, they're not in a great cap situation going forward. They are famously one of the teams that I had to look at last offseason to try and figure out how the fuck they were going to get under the cap. Um, but they do have the Jalen Hurts contract coming up. And as, as I've said, that first year you can make that cap hit as small as you want. The second year you can do a similar thing, but it will eventually come round to hit you. So maybe that gives you the two to three year window to sign Chauncey Gardner-Johnson and a few other of you guys to bigger deals and then you have to really try and strap things back within by like the 2025 season um, but yeah great trade and just a preemptive move from the Saints rather than a holy shit we need to clear draft cap or we need to clear cap space right now oh yeah they gotta pay maybe pay Hertz next year That'll be the last year of his contract. Yeah. No, 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 no. Yeah, last year of his contract. Next season, so he'll want to get paid before the season. Although, depending on what happens this season, might depend on how much he gets paid next season. How how they both want to play that out uh, overall. And and again, not not to completely go back to it, but for example, if Lamar Jackson does play out this season and gets franchise tag then you're straight into Jalen Hurts in exactly the same situation in terms of contract status. Now, Jalen Hurts at at this point now doesn't have an MVP, and I think it's probably unlikely he's going to win it this year. Um, But this Eagles team is primed for a deep playoff run, so that aspect of it, you know, if you really want to start betting on yourself, this would be the time to do it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, Speaking of starting quarterbacks, uh, Mitch Trubisky has been an... uh, on the depth chart as the starting quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, so just a little prelude for our game draft, which will close out the episode. Tom will be doing his best to not pick the Steelers. Um, <laughs> so that'll be fun. Fun to watch to see how that plays out and how long before Kenny Pickett is starting. Uh, but I'm a sure we'll cover that in due time. question. Oh boy. Uh, last little few bits of news. Uh, two injuries. Uh, Harold Landry of the uh, Tennessee Titans uh, has tore his ACL, which is it is a big blow to the Titans in the sense that they're now missing a big player. But at the same time, they play in the AFC South, so they're still making the playoffs. <laughs> well, we'll get to that in a bit. Yeah, uh, and the other ACL tear was the uh, Baltimore Ravens mascot uh, has torn their ACL just before the season starts. Truly brutal stuff, uh, and you know our well wishes go out to the mascot, and hopefully uh, they're able to, to to get back on board next year. You know, go secure that contract for this to happen in a contract year for the mascot. Uh, <laughs> truly terrible, terrible stuff. Uh, right. With oh, I forgot about the, 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 the sorry, I forgot about old man returns to the NFL. Uh, Jason Peters has signed for the Dallas Cowboys on a one year currently on the practice squad deal. Is that right, Colin? 
Yes, I believe he has been moved on to the practice squad. As someone pointed out earlier, this is the first time Jason Peters has been on a practice squad since 2004, I believe they said, when he was at the time a tight end. So hot diggity damn. He's back after, I think, a year with the Bears. Uh, obviously been injured quite a bit, but yeah, the Cowboys. I mean, we'll get to them in a second. Uh, but a, a bit of a desperation move considering some of the injuries that have already, they've already had this offseason. Uh, with that said, Tom, do you want to lead us in to your introductions, please? Opening statements, please. Opening That's the one. Opening statements, please, yes. Um, so we have got each team um, in the NFL, um, and we have given them a, a range of wins. So the range of wins that we have, um, as written up here, is noughts to three for your real basement dwellers, uh, four to seven, eight to eleven. 12 to 16 wins and the final chapter is the unbeaten champions of the world which I'm expecting Column to give to someone like the Jacksonville Jaguars just to stick a middle finger up to me um, alongside with these we'll have a sentence or two to try and stop us from running too long uh, sort of a self-imposed restriction there um, and uh, that, that's kind of it. it it allows us to succinctly put through our predictions um, so that we can maybe come back at the end of the season and look back at it. Because Colm always likes to do those retrospective podcasts in, like, May, for some reason. And isn't going to listen to them to get all the information. It's just going to rely on us remembering <laughs> That's entirely all true. Yeah. I will delete my notes I've made for my sentences immediately after we're finished here. Why the fuck are you the way that you are? <laughs> Where do we want to start? <laughs> Can we start with the Cowboys? I guess I guess we'll do it by division. Just pop around divisions, but uh, I the Cowboys for me, uh, and this is reinforced by the Jason Peters signing, is they saw the hellhole situation that the Giants were in in being in a win now mode, but also needing to overhaul a large majority of the roster. And decided, yeah, we can do that, but just a little bit better. And they feel like they're destined to go like eight and nine, nine and eight territory. So I'll put them in that eight to eleven win bracket. But yeah, they just feel like they've not read, not you know, not not seen the signs, uh, and 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 are really pushing it at the minute. And I feel like that's just going to blow back up in their face. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you there. I think Dak remains obviously a consistent with that team, and I think he is a, a tremendously talented quarterback that can take them quite far, but with so many changes around them, there's a lot of variability as to how they might do. I've also got them in that 8-11 to 11 range for now. Uh, yeah, I also have them in 8-11. and 11. Um, The 2022 Dallas Cowboys, everything you could want in the Super Bowl winner except for depth. <laughs> They are your fantasy football lineup, <laughs> but in real life. Um, we'll do the Giants quickly, because one line <laughs> from <sweet>. me. Uh, <laughs> talent evaluation and take your medicine. 0-3 wins. I will say nothing more, because I will have plenty to say during the rest of the season. Yeah, Danny Dimes is still under centre. I think there are there is some talent at spots on that roster, but it needs to start showing it. I've got them going four and seven, or four to seven wins. Yep, I've got four to seven as well. Uh, the New York Giants. Something's got to stick eventually. 
Oh, ye, ye two of lots of faith. Uh, let's go to the commanders. I've got utter capitulation or mediocrity. There are only two results that await them, and I don't like either of them. Four to seven wins. Just four and seven as well. Um, how bad can Carson Wentz really be to destroy the talent that this team has on both sides of the ball? And just how talented is Chase Young? <laughs> He's injured. <laughs> so I can I can uh, praise the team without it really being him. <laughs> Colin? I've said there isn't a team in the NFL that I am more actively rooting against. Uh, this team sucks and it's going nowhere fast. Sorry? I'm going 0-3. A slightly controversial team to pick out as the team that you're rooting I, against I, entirely? I'm perfectly aware there's another team this podcast uh, is rooting <laughs> against quite heavily. But I just really hate the commanders. Understandable. Uh, okay, yeah. <laughs> uh, Colm, you go to what's the what division would you like to visit next? Well, still well should we finish the Eagles? <laughs> oh yeah, those guys. Uh, the Eagles. This division is free as fuck. This is such an open goal. Even Che Adams couldn't miss it. But I back the Eagles to give it a good old try. Eight to eleven wins. <laughs> Yeah, I think everything's in place for this roster, uh, for this team, uh, assuming that Hertz can take the step forward that we expect him to. As you said, wide open. I've got them in that 8-11 to 11 wins, but still beating up the Cowboys to take the division. Uh, I've gone 12-16 to 16 wins, actually. Um, I think even though people consider them a good roster, I think people actually underplay just how good they are at basically every level. Um, I think like additions of AJ Brown and then solidifying the defensive line even more. Jalen Hurts, if Jalen Hurts is like a B minus quarterback this year and they don't get 12 wins, something has gone terribly wrong. Probably their play calling based on their <laughs> use of Miles Sanders last year. Right, Colm, now we can move to the division of your choice. Okay, let's go to the NFC North. I wish to start with the Minnesota Vikings and say that the division has never been so weak. Now is the time for the Vikings to claim the title and maybe their last best shot with Cousins under centre. I think they will go 12-16 wins with what they've got there. A little hot for my takes, Tom. 8-11 uh, for me. My original take was going to be I can't be the person that loves Kirk Cousins the most on this podcast and have them anything fewer than 8 wins. Um, but Colum's <laughs> kind of blown that out of the water so fuck it I guess they're well, not as good as I think they are I think somehow over the course of this offseason Tom you've become the person who loves Kirk Cousins the least <laughs> because mine is y'all are going to realise you've been sleeping on Kirk Cousins and you're going to put some respect on his damn name also Justin Jefferson will cement himself as the number one receiver in the league 8-11 to 11 wins <laughs> It's so funny that you do you say all that and you go, they might finish eight and nine. <laughs> and I've just got more confidence in them going eleven and six than I do them going twelve and five. Sure, like that's that's the whole the whole situation there. Colum, you get to go with the next team. Yeah, we'll go Green Bay Packers. I'm a huge fan of what Lafleur has done in the past few years. Thirteen wins quite consistently, I believe. But this team is badly lacking playmakers on the outside with Adams gone. I think this is a year the team begins to start unravelling. And by unravelling, I mean 8-11 to 11 wins. 
Yeah, I've got, remember those years when the Packers went to the playoffs and we all said that they were good but needed more support receiver? It's that again, but worse. 8-11 to 11 <laughs> wins. Um, similarly, 8-11 to 11 wins. You know that play that you see other quarterbacks, not Aaron Rodgers, make? Where they get pressured, they roll out, and then they can't find anyone open, so they just have to eat a sack? Yeah, well, you're going to see that a lot more from Aaron Rodgers this season. <laughs> Safe to say, we do not like Brian Gunterkunst uh, <laughs> so, and his roster building. So put it down mm. now. The Packers going to go seventeen and zero. We will go to the Detroit Lions now. I'm saying there's lots of positive vibes around this team, but it's still commanded by Jared Goff, and until that changes, the ceiling is very low. Four to seven wins. Yeah, uh, this is going to be the second most exciting three-win season you've ever seen. 0-3. Oh, <laughs> wow, a series of three. Um, I've got, how many times can the left tackle tell the pass rusher that he looked really good on hard knocks? Four and seven, or four to seven. <laughs> Finally, we've got the Chicago Bears here. New era, but the weapons are badly lacking, even more so than with the Green Bay Packers. And we're much less talented QB in command. I'm having them go four and seven this season. I've also got four and seven, saying that you're a hoping and a praying field is anywhere near decent because you're currently year two of a five year rebuild. Um, I'm changing mine on the fly. Originally, I also had four to seven, but um, this Bears team does nothing for me. Uh, their best individual player is a pass rusher who I believe is 33, and outside of that, they really strike me as a team that are marginally better in terms of talent than the 2021 Houston Texans. Hot diggity damn, so we're all happy uh, about the Chicago Bears. Uh, Tom, you get to pick the next division. Um, well, well, we'll go three for four out of the, uh, the NFC, and let's go to the happy-go-lucky NFC South. And uh, let, let's let's go reverse standings. Um, the Falcons, uh, but somewhere between naught and three wins. Um, boy, what the fuck are these Falcons fans? They've been through so much. Uh, they had the Super Bowl, then they had just managing to lose numerous games, and now they're just going to lose numerous games by being tragic. See, I've got slightly inverse. I reckon they're going to run the most unconventional offense that we've seen in a while. And it's going to be great for five wins and some <laughs> and Desmond Ridicopium. Oh no, there, there's going to be lots of Desmond Ridicopium that they think he's going to be the future of, uh, of that. Four to seven wins. Don't doubt the Falcons' ability to get to a top ten draft spot when they should be in the top three. <laughs> yeah, zero to three for me as well. Mariota ain't it. This rebuild is continuing. They'll find it eventually, but not this year. So we'll go to the Panthers next, um, which is the, the Dead Man Walking Award. Um, this this team will go well until you hear a ping and CMC goes into the medical tent and is ruled out for the game. Uh, I don't between, see that happening. Somewhere between four and seven games. Oh, go on, Colin. Yeah, uh, Matt Rule gets fired mid-year is my prediction. I want to root for Baker because of everything that happened with the Browns, but these guys are competing for four to seven wins. I think we have such a wild variety of outcomes on the Panthers because I've got the hottest coaching seat in the entire NFL, and yet somehow, some way, I backed them to overcome it. Eight to eleven wins. <laughs> uh, we'll go Buccaneers next, who, for my mind, just have 
the most obvious trajectory to not being amazing for a good team, um, and that's this offensive line just slowly crumbling or fairly steadily crumbling in front of Tom Brady. Um, there are people that choose to believe uh, that the Brady kind of absence was bigger than it really probably was um, in terms of his commitment to playing. Um, he is still good. That offense should be great. The defense is like <laughs> extremely talented. However, we we know when he gets pressured that he can fluster, and it, it's got to drop off at some point, right? First year head coach, eight to eleven wins. Yeah, Tom Brady's back, and Vets is still signing with his team because they think it's their best chance to win a ring because Tom Brady. Uh, the line is questionable, as you mentioned, and the cliff is still looming somewhere in his future, but I'm still backing him to go 12 and six, 12 to 16 wins. The future is now, old man. Eight and nine. Calling that's just an outright record prediction. Just, that's, your, that's your prediction, is it? <laughs> yes. Um, and very similar uh, are the Saints, but in different positions. Uh, James Winston looks to stay healthy for an entire season and stop throwing to people in different coloured uniforms. Um, they finally might have Mike Thomas back, but then also maybe possibly not. Uh, Alvin Kamara looks set to play the entire season, and though their offensive line is weakened and their um, re- reinforcements for it um, may be lost for the entire season, the defense is still, without doubt, one of the best in the league. It's between eight to eleven wins, but don't ask me to plot it on that chart because it could be <laughs> any single one of those numbers. I have them as a team that will surprise you, but you really shouldn't be surprised by them. <laughs> eight and eleven wins. I'm saying there are so many question marks around this roster and this team. Um, you know, I have no idea how to place them, but I'm going to guess at four to seven wins. Wow. Oh, hot diggity damn. Right. Uh, let's move on to... We'll, we'll round out the NFC West. Um, in one... It's just a division I feel like has as much potential to be a shit show as the NFC East does. In some capacity, uh, but I'll start with the Rams, the champion uh, Super Bowl champion Rams. Uh, Savor last season because I don't think Stafford makes it all the way through this one. Eight to eleven wins. I've got the Rams going uh, somewhere between twelve and sixteen. Uh, even if Stafford was to go down for two, three games, um, I still think they have enough quality on this roster to win games with whoever the fuck would be the quarterback at that point. Um, it's just too good. Yeah, I'm saying the same. 12 to 16 wins. Super Bowl hangovers may be real, but so is this team. Uh, I think they've done a really good job of reloading and getting ready for this next year. Okay, we'll move on to the Cardinals. Kyler, Kingsbury, Kime. Three men enter, one man leaves. This is the Survivor uh, Arizona Cardinals edition. Four to seven wins. Four to seven wins. Uh, this team has to collapse at some point, and I'm backing it to be this year. I'm saying you don't need to do any extra homework to know that this team always starts strong but disappears <laughs> in the second half of the season. If they can find some consistency, this team is primed for a deep playoff run, but I've got them 8-11 to 11 wins. Um, we'll save Colum's team and we'll go for the Seahawks. I would not be surprised that if, if in 12 months' time reports are that the Russian military have reached out to Pete Carroll to, for advice on how to manage an effective tank. 0-3 uh, to three wins. <laughs> Um, I'm not going to bother saying a one-liner. That was too good. Zero to three wins. 
Yeah, zero to three wins. <laughs> Lovely stuff. Uh, similar 49ers, similar to my Bears one. You're hoping and a praying that Lance is anywhere near decent because otherwise you're in a rebuild that you didn't think about. Uh, four to seven wins. Um, all rests on the arm and legs of Trey Lance and the mind of Carl Shanahan to an extent. Um, I still think the roster is good enough to drag them through games as we have seen with teams up and down the league in the last four or five years. Um, I will go with a, a pretty safe 8-11 to 11 wins. Yeah, I'm saying there are more question marks for this team than just the QB position. I don't need to go into all of them now. So I'm going to steal someone else's point out. Interior, is... interior offensive line and uh, and defensive backs. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> and coaching staff. You know, a lot of that's been gutted. Um, but uh, someone said earlier, and I'm stealing their point, that with Trey Lance, the floor is lower and the ceiling is higher than with Jimmy Garoppolo. There's way more variance. I'm going to stick him at 8 and 11 still, but not surprised if it's two wins either side of that. Variance, traditionally a thing that NFL coaches love. Yes. <laughs> just to just to pick you out on saying, Tom, uh, you said a fairly safe uh, eight to eleven wins. Just a reminder, Carl Shanahan has uh, more six win seasons or less than he does winning seasons overall. So odds don't favour you. I think for you mean safe six wins or fewer. Ah, oh, you know what I meant. Brad, don't make me bet you another cameo. All right, I'll do it. <laughs> You won't, because you still owe me a... <laughs> you haven't told case. me what the script is. How can I message a guy and tell him what to say if you're not going to tell me what to say? That That is true, but also a hex on your crops. Anyway, uh, Tom, pick the next division that we go to. Um, <laughs> okay. Sorry, I've got to go check on my Stardew farm or whatever. Um, <laughs> go to the AFC West. Um, and honestly uh, you two can squabble amongst yourselves because I've got all four teams going anywhere between 8 to 11 teams uh, eight to 11 <laughs> wins. we have seen this so often it is a super division normally there is one weak team in a super division the, these will all take each other out I would be heavily surprised if there's a 12 or 13 win team amongst them just because their divisional records could easily be within one game of 3-3 three and three each Um Who's the best team? Fuck knows. Who's the worst team? Probably the Raiders. Let's see who stays healthy and manages to win it. I laugh because I hate that we had the exact same note about this division <laughs> in the win range. And the All only, right. the only variance okay. is if uh, if you can tell me which of these teams has a serious injury at quarterback that derails their entire season, make your choice now because that feels like the only way these teams don't get to 8 and 11 wins there are notes on each of them but that's my collective win total for the yeah they're all in that same bracket for the same reason they are all very good I've got three of them going 8 and 11 and one going 12 12 and 16 Uh, with great weapons and a great QB they are my favourites to win a very stacked division Broncos country let's ride (laughs) that's not where I thought you were going with that I do think the Broncos have one of the will have one of the most slept on offenses in, in football because they just have a great amount of dynamic talent. They just haven't had the quarterback to unleash it. So I mm. do think that they are they're going to surprise a lot of people um, in just how competitive they are. Especially because for them, for most people, they will say people will look at it and go, "Oh, well, you've only added Russell Wilson. They've added Devontae Adams. <laughs> you know, they've got Justin Herbert. They've got all this stuff." I think people are really underrating that that roster. Um, but if I if I had to pick a team to be the worst, the Chargers do live to perpetually disappoint their fans and themselves. <laughs> and I know Tom 
could ride this line as well. Justin Herbert could easily be an MVP candidate and at the same time labeled a bust based on this season just by the fact that he will not he may not go up in performance. You know, I think you had some criticisms of him last year, Tom, which people would not want to hear uh, from you at the time. Uh, at the time, yeah, there were a couple. There was there was incorrect things that I, I levied at him about his performance late in games that I went back and checked, and I was just very very wrong on statistically. Um, but yeah, the the idea is that the play that he put on tape last year was not light years ahead of what he put at the end of his rookie year, which says more about how good the end of his rookie year was, because last year was still very, very good. But if he puts on tape another season like last year, it will still be a good season, obviously. But it's like, okay, where is the progression? Are we starting to see... uh, Trying to think of a, a QB that came in... Like, are we starting to see the opposite of Josh Allen? A guy that came in, put it all together immediately, and then just never progressed. Oh, and with the AFC West wrapped up, Colm, take us through to our penultimate division? Uh, no. No, there are three more. Yes. That's how mass works. Cool. Let us travel to the north. Uh, I'm going to say, let's start with the Cleveland Browns. I will start on this, Brad, and see if I cover most of what you wish to say. <laughs> Fuck this team. Fuck Watson. I hope they fail and fail hard. Four and seven. Similar notes, uh, just a slightly different spice to mine. Uh, get through it and go fuck yourself, Stefanski and Haslam. Four to seven. I thought you were going to say exactly the same thing, just to reiterate. It. <laughs> um, uh, mine's not going to make much sense because I wrote the Steelers first, but between four and seven wins, same but different. Brissett is terrible. Oline isn't as good as it has been. A write it off season. Very good. Let us move on to well. The Pittsburgh Steelers, since you've uh, already started on them. I've got the... We're mementoing this shit now. Yeah. This is a obviously a new era, uh, one without Ben Roethlisberger. Question is, when do we see Pickett? My guess is week six, I'm having them go four and se- at four to seven wins. Uh, the more things change, the more they stay the same. They're going to be in the eight to 11 win bracket, purely out of Mike Tomlin's sheer will and that defense. Uh, I've got between four and seven. It ultimately comes down to the health and the O-line. Uh, at least one of the two will falter enough to drop them below 500. And also, we're not seeing Pickett before, like, Thanksgiving. Okay, <laughs> No plans before to come home before then? Is he... <laughs> He's a holidays-only kind of guy. Okay. The Where Cincinnati... do you want to go next, Carl? The Cincinnati Bengals are next for me. I'm saying that they shouldn't have made it to the Super Bowl last year, but because they did, everyone assumes there'll be a hangover. Which is unfair on them, I think, because had they just made it to the divisional round, they'd be a, a prime team for everyone to expect them to go back there. Um, I think they're going to get eight and eight to eleven wins. I think they're going to be good, not super. Uh, does it count as running it back if you're mainly doing it via receptions and kicking? Burrow has to be an MVP front runner. Twelve to sixteen wins. Um remarkably similar to you Colm between 8 and 11 division is still tough Cinderella year last year they're fine to good wonderful that leaves us with one team left in the north that is the Baltimore Ravens Lamar's contract aside this team is too talented not to take the division in my opinion only reason it didn't happen last year was the death of injuries at the DB position 12 to 16 wins 
Uh, they're going to have so many questions this season about what Lamar Jackson is and what he's worth to this team. And the answer to that question is yes. 8 to 11 wins. <laughs> uh, 12 to 16 wins. What's the weak part of this team? Um, they've been great with less offensive pieces. This team will be a juggernaut this year. And I believe that wraps us up on the north. Uh, so that leaves us with just double checking myself yep uh two two divisions left uh let's go let's go with the sadder of the two i guess to, <laughs> uh, which is going to be the afc south i'll start with the jaguars uh is trevor lawrence allowed to win comeback player of the year because i think he has a chance and that sums up how bad this team can be four to seven wins I also have them at four to seven wins. I put them as a sneaky, decent team, but couldn't quite push them to eight wins. I, I'm i saying they're going to go eight to 11 wins. Trevor has a new head coach and an $18 million weapon, but only time will tell if his team is ready to make a Bengal-like leap. Uh, yeah, eight to 11 wins for me. I, I think, give it a month, and we're going to be squabbling over who gets to watch the Jags. I think they're going to be <laughs> watchable this year. Not not good, like not a, a great team that's going to win a lot of games, but I, I'm trying to think of who that was last year. Like maybe the Colts early in the season who were just like, I want to watch that team despite them possibly not winning. Yeah. Reminds me of uh, how he felt about Carolina for about a good six weeks. <laughs> True. Uh, let's go Texans uh, talent evaluation season 2 Davis Mills Boogaloo 4-7 to seven wins <laughs> I think that's generous <laughs> I've got them as 4-7 to seven as well the roster should be better than it was last year because they had multiple first round picks they'll luck into a few more wins than they had 4-7 to seven. I'm saying this franchise has no idea what the fuck it's doing 0-3 wins <laughs> Jesus uh the colts all or nothing the indianapolis colts the default best team in the division but i don't think anyone really believes that eight to eleven wins uh, eight to eleven wins good team should be good the matt ryan upgrade from carson Wentz should be enough for a couple of wins i've said i've got ryan is now a decent to okay quarterback but for the love of christ at some point get a rookie qb in here i'm tired of these vets coming in for one year seasons <laughs> eight to eleven wins uh, the Titans, uh, all or nothing, Derek Henry's knees. Even DeMarco Murray will be wincing about what's about to happen to Henry and the entire weight of a team are on his back. 8-11 to 11 wins. Uh, four to seven wins. This team looks terrible. Woo! Every good part of them has taken a step back. The rebuild is coming. Uh, I'm saying Tannehill won't be under pressure from Malik Willis this year. I think that media hype is overblown. But as Brad said, this team will go as far as Henry's going to carry them. 8-11 to 11 wins. And finally then, the AFC East. And we will start with uh, possibly the Super Bowl favourites. The Buffalo Bills. Um, for me, they are another 12-16 and 16 teams. That makes three that I have. Um, they have every single piece imaginable. Um, so much so, they spent an early pick on a running back. That's how blessed they are. Um, points of the weak part of this team phenomenal just stay healthy yeah they are my only uh, se second only 12 and 16 team that I have and just this could be the year that the Bills have waited for and it feels like they're as strong if not stronger at every position and just now need to run the gauntlet 
12 to 16 wins. Love what they've got to offer. Yeah, their reign as their reign as champions of the AFC East uh, has begun, and it's not going to end anytime soon. I have them down as the uncontested champions of the world. <laughs> like it, like it. Um, we'll guess we'll step to the Dolphins, who I have the eight to eleven wins category. Basically, if yeah, it could work. Was a football team, it would be the Miami Dolphins this year. Yeah, I've got nothing to it but to do it. Uh, they're going to be one of the most flexible and exciting offenses in football. That's still only good for eight or eleven. Did you wins. find that in the bin behind the Miami marketing suites or something? <laughs> <laughs> they threw that one out, and it somehow found its way to your inbox. Hey, uh, it, it's up there with "In Trust We Trust," which apparently <laughs> conservatives didn't come up with, as I checked the hashtag yesterday. Uh, and I am one of the first people to use it in a while. Which... Has, that, has anyone used Big Trust about Liz Trust? <laughs> <laughs> the, the Lamar no. Jackson slash Liz Trust crossover we all need. <laughs> that only this podcast shall provide. Um, <laughs> I have the Dolphins. We found our ISP, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I have the Dolphins down as being this year's Detroit Lions in it. The, the you know, spunky underdogs everyone loves to root for. But ultimately, struggle. I've got them going four to seven wins. Oof. You really don't like Robert Sala now. He left the Niners, do you? <laughs> He's turned on him in the, the last couple of weeks. Uh, yeah, shut up. The New York Jets, who I have going <laughs> four and seven, um, because I never liked Robert Sala and think that he's going to butcher my boy Zach Wilson. I've got them as the Jets are going to be everyone's favourite sneaky team for the next two to three years. And then at some point, they'll have to blow it all up because the Jets are not allowed to be fun. Four to seven wins. Flacco will be starting under centre as far as it looks at the moment. But this team will go as far as Wilson develops and takes them. Green shoots need to start showing some point soon. Four to seven wins. And finally, we have the Patriots, um, and the 2022 Patriots will make you realise just how good the 2020 Patriots roster was when uh, Bill Belichick managed to do fine things with Cam Newton, because they're going to regress this year with Mac Jones. Four and seven. Yeah, my note is, no, six games in, this is not the year that shows Bill Belichick has done or passed it. They will get better, but not enough. Four to seven wins. Two seasons without Brady haven't inspired much positivity, and I don't think a third will either. Also, why the fuck is Matt Patricia in charge of the offense? 47 wins. (laughs) (laughs) A fair point, a fair point. Uh, So those are our sort of ranged predictions for the NFL this year. Um, They were all individually cracked, and therefore I'd just like to congratulate you two on being 100% as we were with both our mock drafts and our free agency predictions. So congratulations to you. However, that takes us on to the final part of the podcast each week, and that is the game pick draft, where we basically decide which games we're going to get stuck watching uh, through the early part of next week. Um, We have bypassed Thursday Night Football, the opening game of the season, um, because we'll sort of all be watching that and recap that um, if Colin can make it. If not, it would just be Brad and myself. We've also taken our own teams, is that right? So Colin will be watching yes. San Francisco at Chicago. I'll be watching Pittsburgh at Cincinnati, and Brad will be watching New York at Tennessee. However, we do not have a way to decide the order unless you've thought of one, Brad. 
Yes, I do. I'm going to take the uh, NHS approach to mental health, and it's going to be CBT, Colin Brad Tom. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> Thanks. Love Superb. So I will start with a uh, probably the best game of the week that we haven't already selected. It's going to be the Las Vegas Raiders versus the LA Chargers. Lovely stuff. I will follow up with the Kansas City Chiefs versus the Arizona Cardinals. Okie dokie. Sorry, I'm just marking them off so I know who's gone. Um, so I get two picks, right? Yes. Um, okay. There are rumours Zach Wilson could be back for the for the opening game, which makes me want to do Baltimore at New York. But for sort of ease of watching, we're going to go for the 925 Green Bay versus Minnesota. Um, and also, let's... Oh, wait, Cleveland, Carolina. It'll be, it'll be a terrible game, but I have to watch it. <laughs> Over Tom. and under on two and a half fights. <laughs> <laughs> Tom stealing the narrative game from me and Colm, which is uh, <laughs> not respected. Uh Let's go with, I just drafted Lamar Jackson and Mark Andrews in fantasy, so Baltimore at the New York Jets. Give me the, the Eagles at, the, uh, at Detroit, and also Tampa Bay going to Dallas. That's Monday, uh, the Sunday night before, sorry. These games are always fun when they have no right to be. The Saints at the Falcons. Oh, there's two. So I'm going to take New England at Miami. And then do I want to watch the start of Matt Ryan against Davis Mills? <laughs> or, <laughs> or Trevor Lawrence against whatever Washington put out? No, and, Tom. Geno Smith versus Russell Wilson. That's I don't think I want to watch that. I, I watched enough <laughs> of that Seahawks team last year. I'm still, I'm still shuddering over it. So I'm... What game's going to be more fun? Let's, let's take the Jags versus Washington. There's a chance that's a good game. Completing my fantasy trifecta, and uh, I know, Tom, no one cares about my fantasy team. I'm taking the Colts at the Texans. So does that... That leaves, <laughs> that leaves you, Colm, with the unenviable task of watching four quarters of Geno Smith and <laughs> or Drew Locke. That's fine. I'll be able to watch Javonta Williams uh, dominate on the ground. <laughs> you have Monday night and Sunday night football, which, from experience, is a bit of a rough one. Ah. <laughs> it also means I don't need to watch multiple games back from the same, t- you know, uh, <laughs> time z- time period. So I'll take it. T- time period. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna nip into your TARDIS, are you? <laughs> yep. <laughs> Colin's only regret is that he wasn't able to go back and watch Colin Taylor play on the field. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, if there is nothing else to add, um, it only remains for me to say thank you very much for listening to this episode of the And The Kick Is Good podcast. Please follow us on Twitter, at The Kick Is Up. But until Friday-ish, it's goodbye from me. If you hate the editing on this one, blame Tom, not me. (laughs) I love you.